Welcome back to another episode of the Religious Studies Project, brought to you in association with the British Association for the Study of Religions, and as we'll hear today, the North American Association for the Study of Religions. My name is Christopher Carter, and I'm joined by David Robertson. And this week's interview, as you may have guessed from Chris's introduction, is with Russell McCutcheon and Aaron Hughes, and it's entitled Getting to Know the North American Association for the Study of Religion, our new sponsors. This was recorded by Brad Stoddard at the AAR early this year. So, over to you, Brad. Hello, this is Brad Stoddard for the Religious Studies Project. Today I'm talking to Professors Russell McCutcheon and Aaron Hughes. Professor Russ McCutcheon is the Chair of the Department of Religious Studies at the University of Alabama, and Professor Hughes is the Chair of the Jewish Studies Department at the University of Rochester. Today I'm talking to them about their roles with the North American Association for the Study of Religion, or Nasser, where Professor McCutcheon is the President and Professor Hughes is the Vice President. Uh, so, Professors, welcome to the Religious Studies Project. Thank you. Thanks for having us. For the people who aren't familiar with uh, the North American Association for the Study of Religion, or Nasser, uh, give us a little history. Well, I could start off, I guess. Nasser is an academic association affiliated with the International Association for the History of Religions, the IHR. Uh, also affiliated, one of the uh, additional meetings that happens here at the American Academy of Religion Society of Biblical Literature meeting. It was founded in 1985, uh, founded at one of the IAHR uh, World Congresses, and I'm, I'm kind of forgetting. I think it met in Sydney that year with, um, uh, before my time, but uh, Don Weeb um, at uh, University of Toronto, Luther Martin at the University of Vermont, and Tom Lawson at uh, Western Michigan. Uh, and I think they had a, a degree of frustration with uh, feeling uh, that explanatory theorizing, reductionistic studies of religion, social scientific, uh, rigorously, rigorously explanatory, uh, modes of, of uh, study were not represented at a different or represented very well at different scholarly conferences. So they founded uh, Nasser back in 85. So this is our 30th anniversary of this. Uh, it's small, but 30 years, uh, it's active and ongoing association. Anything to add, Aaron? <coughs> you said it perfectly. <laughs> you guys have some affiliated publications. Would you like to talk about those? Uh, sure. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll mention my own first, which is uh, uh, Stephen uh, Ramey, uh, a colleague of Russ's at the University of Alabama, and myself, we edit uh, Method and Theory in the Study of Religion, a.k.a. MTSR, which is, uh, I think, a really a first-rate, uh, cutting-edge journal devoted to, as the name suggests, Method and Theory in the Study of Religion. So there's... Uh, that journal. We also have the Bulletin for the Study of Religion, which is edited by uh, Phil Tite. And, published uh, by Equinox. Published by Equinox, yes. And I should say that MTSR is published by, uh, by Brill. Uh, we also have a uh, Key Thinkers in the Study of Religion book series published by Routledge, edited by uh, Stephen Engler. And um, forgetting anything? Russ, am I forget what I'm I think those are the, the Bulletin there. blog. And the Bulletin Blog, run by Matt Sheedy, associated with the Bulletin. Some people, if they uh, are Facebook or Twitter people, they certainly more than know probably about uh, articles being posted to the Bulletin Blog, and mm -hmm. uh, quite a variety of people who write there. And I, I, we would encourage, well, we would encourage people to join Nasser, but we would also encourage Nasser, Nasser members to uh, send proposals or uh, submissions to all of those, uh, all of the above. So the last couple of years, you guys have made a <coughs> deliberate, concerted effort to what's the word, um, distinguish Nasser as a separate or as a unique organization or maybe get it back on track if that's the correct, uh, correct word. Can you talk a little about that, speak to that? I think um, depending who you talk to, a member of Nasser, 
Um, some would certainly think that uh, Nasser ought to be uh, specifically uh, explanatory theorizing in a classically reductionistic, naturalistic manner. Um, and there's many Nasser members who uh, think that, who that's the kind of work they do. There's a number of other people who have joined Nasser over the years who are interested in more of a, a sense of theory as metacritique, as uh, looking at the epistemological or political conditions of knowledge claims. You know, I'm thinking here um, back to someone I know you've interviewed, Brad, uh, Bruce Lincoln. So when in one of his theses, he distinguishes between uh, truth claims and, you know, regimes of truth, uh, let alone truth, you know. So I don't think other Nasser members are looking for truth. You know, they're trying to explain a cause or a function that religion serves, uh, given this or that framework. But I think there's also a number of Nasser members who are interested in the uh, conditions that make those claims possible, credible, persuasive, you know, or not. Uh, so I think this year we came up with, you know, and Aaron can talk about the actual format, but the, a, a program that we hoped would uh, make evident that, at least for some of us, those two, obviously, uh, yes, different ways of talking about the study of religion, uh, there's no reason they can't uh, cohabitate. So we had a different kind of program this year. Yeah, well, and I, just to add to that, I think that when Russ and I came on board as a president and vice president, we had grown a little uh, dissatisfied with the, the fact that we thought that Nasser was becoming a little bit too much like the AAR, some panels that could have been given at the AAR. So we wanted to try to make it uh, contribute to that original uh, thrust that Don, Luther, and Tom had and try to make Nasser distinct from the AAR. So we came up with a format in which we would run it like a seminar. So we had a theme, Theory in a Time of Excess. There were four panels. Uh, each one consisted of a main paper written by somebody and then uh, three respondents. And uh, I think it was very successful. So the papers were pre-circulated. Everyone, I mean, I didn't take a show of hands to see who actually read the papers beforehand. But it seems like... Nobody reads class material. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't ask. That's, don't ask. Right. Right. Uh, but uh, the, 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 the panels were all really well attended. I would say we had uh, at least 50 people for the, for that, the, Friday day, the Friday's um, uh, three panels. Yeah, given the, that it's the day before the conference starts for many people, it was extremely well attended. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, the, the the papers went well. The, the respondents, I think, pushed the papers in ways that they needed to be pushed. And uh, each paper, each panel, probably after everything was, after all the panelists had uh, done what they were supposed to do, we had about an hour for conversation. And those hours uh, um, lasted the whole time. I mean, everyone, so it was, uh, I thought it was really successful. And I think, uh, I think Russ and I are pleased with how, how, uh, how good it was. I think one of the things that for us in, in talking and debriefing about it um, with some other people also that, that made it successful was um, a, a, the pairings, right? Yeah. That the respondents, it, they weren't panels. Your usual panel, you know, is either me and my friends or me and my like-minded or me and my fellow experts on some topic and we're now going to. And instead we had, you know, the four main papers, but then uh, the three respondents uh, generally had no expertise in that particular area. Right. Um, but they all have PhDs or are working on PhDs. We're all, you know, bright and spry, intellectually spry people. And um, so it, it put people into the same venue uh, who have very wide expertises. And, and I think that's what Nasser's all about, if, if I think about it, is that, you know, I've, I've written about this before, is that what what... Uh, unites you and your office mates in a department. 
Like you don't study the same things. So the department itself is a, you know, like the nation state, right? It's a fictive thing that exists, but it exists at the level of uh, curiosity, question, problematic. It doesn't exist at the level of data in our field because you're the only person who studies Buddhist rituals or you're the only person who studies, you know, Native American, you know, origins tales. But but why are you next door to that other person? So I would hope that implicitly what it, what it was saying is that um, we can have very productive, interesting conversations that are beneficial and that push the field uh, when a, a group of people who don't share data domains get in the same room together and start talking about what it is that they do. One thing that was unique this year is you have uh, publication plans for these papers. Is that correct? Yeah. Care to speak to yeah. Um, You've signed the contract. I've signed you? a contract <clears throat> with Equinox for a volume called Theory in a Time of Excess. So um, the goal is that uh, all of the, the main presenters and the respondents will provide me, I mean, in the coming months, uh, polished versions of their uh, of their presentations. I'll write a uh, critical introduction <clears throat> introducing them. And someone, I'm hoping uh, our president, will uh, will uh, write an afterward and um there will be a uh, uh, you know a, a, a lasting uh, 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 will have uh, created a uh, you know t- t- take the take the conversation forward and I so I, I, yeah I'm really uh, I think and I think they, they, I was so happy with the, the papers I think it will be a will really be an interesting volume on one level it's a proceedings we've never done that before and given that it's our thirtieth anniversary it's kind of nice yeah. to have something to mark that mm-hmm. but it's a uh, at least to us it's a coherent theme. That, that deserves to be out there. You know, theory in a time of excess. Uh, uh, Willie Braun uh, helped us come up with that, and I think mm-hmm. that's actually his title. Last year in San Diego, Aaron, Willie, and I met, and then uh, uh, Craig Martin, our executive director for NASA, mm-hmm. met. And I think what we mean by that is that uh, everyone today, unlike 30 years ago, or 25 years ago, or 20 years ago, you know, when did this happen? And I'm guessing it's over the last decade. Um, everyone now does theory. That uh, theory, method and theory, or theory and method, sometimes provocatively said, contrary to the journal title, um, uh, courses are now required of a lot of undergrad programs, required of a lot of graduate programs. That wasn't the case when I was a graduate student. You know, I, I, Bruce Alton, the late Bruce Alton, employed me as a research assistant at Toronto to survey departments across North America. I remember doing this for him. I wrote a report of uh, whether they had theory courses and nobody did. Almost nobody did. They had approaches courses, and even if they had approaches <coughs> courses, they weren't required back then. So that has changed, and it's produced a field filled with theorists. And if you look at CVs for job applications, everybody says they can do method and theory. So in a way, the field is, has an excess of theorists. Uh, but depending what you mean by theory, there's very, very few people doing you know, rigorous, explanatory, naturalistic theorizing. There are very few people doing that. Now, that's not the only way to understand theory. So the, the, the conference was a chance to have a, a group of, I think there was about 18 people involved in this, think about what does it mean to theorize? How do you define that term? Who else is doing that? What's at stake in doing that? So hopefully the book, not just the proceedings, but will make a, a, a contribution to, to poke people to mull over what do you mean when you say, you know, I'm a theorist. And what topics did you guys address this year and how did you come to those topics? Well, we, we left it open. I think we wanted to structure it so there were different approaches to theory. So we had uh, somewhat we had a philosopher of religion, Matt Bagger, who uh, 
who uh, gave a, a major paper, uh, Claire White, who works in <clears throat> cognitive science of religion, or CSR, she gave a paper. Uh, she pre- and uh, then we had uh, Marinda Simmons, a colleague of Russ's at University of Alabama, who um, literally originally trained in lit crit in, theory. Exactly. So she right. she did more of a uh, a, uh, a literary theory and and religion. And religion. Uh, then there was uh, then Jason Bloom from American University in Cairo, also I think somewhat philosophical and phenomenological. I mean, so there were four different papers, but what, as Russ said earlier, we wanted to make sure that there weren't just cognitive science of religion or CSR people responding to the CSR uh, paper. So we tried to mix it up so that people would respond to papers that they might not have been mm-hmm. completely familiar with. And I think that was that, that intersection uh, uh, did, 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 did a good job. And I really think that it, it's the re- responses were as important, if not more so than the actual papers, because they were able to, you know, push the, the conversation in ways that uh, were, were, were very important. Someone in this very room, in fact, was involved in doing that pushing, wouldn't you say? <laughs> and uh, that would be me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, yeah, we'll talk about that. But yeah, I thought your, your, your response uh, was, was wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I heard there were some heated exchanges at times. And there, there were, there yeah. were. But Good. I, and on Twitter, on Twitter, it seems, because uh, Nasser has a Twitter uh, page, account, identity, place, whatever we call it, mm-hmm. it seems that some of the sessions were being talked about in other AAR sessions. Somebody tweeted to Nasser about um, a, a new materialism, quote-unquote new materialism. I don't know when that somebody coined that to name, you know, all these different embodied religion, religion on the ground, material religion, lived religion approaches. Uh, but in a panel there, uh, conversations on this very topic at Nasser apparently came up. Good. I'm not sure Good. whether they were received well or not, but, but mm-hmm. that's interesting. And Yeah, also, too, I think, though, the uh, this um, Nasser is comprised of, Two distinct groups: the I guess natural critical and the metacritical, and those those there's a, there's a tension between those two groups that came out several times in in the meetings. And I think as as we go forward, we want to keep both in the in the in the room, but uh, also be aware that they may not always go so so well together. I would hope it's a productive tension. Yeah, I, I really yeah, uh, yeah. would, especially. Um, early in my own career, that I, I was I very much advocated for that when I read. I don't read it, but I mean, if I look at that last chapter of manufacturing religion, I, I try to. I think I make a strong statement in that early book about the need for naturalistic theorizing. Um, so I would hope that the two uh, productively um, uh, sit in the same room together, let alone share a common uh, degree of alienation from what we both see to be. I think agree to be the the dominant approach to the study of religion, uh, not just in North America, but which usually involves not not. Not to characterize it as a theological approach, you know, you can find that, but largely a humanistic approach, an approach that presupposes the object of study is deeply meaningful, deeply personal, must be interpreted correctly, and thus, uh, even though we don't use these terms all that much anymore, thus it's still a hermeneutical, phenomenological approach, it's largely descriptive, largely very much concerned with uh, the integrity of the participant's worldview and view on things. And uh, while being respectful of people, I think Nasser approaches whichever of the two Aaron named uh, take a rather different view of this, that um, these claims and actions people do and organizations they create uh, are curious and need to be studied as a thoroughly historical, meaning contingent, political, um, 
cognitive, yes, um, uh, occasions. It looks like you've made a deliberate, attention, uh, a deliberate attempt to include graduate students and assist graduate students. Would you like to speak to that? Or is that, is that the case? Oh, that's purely accidental. It's a, yeah. something we were, intend to correct next year. Oh, good, thank you. <laughs> wow. no, I, I, Very much so. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, uh, I think it's the new generation that are, are much more interested and in, maybe are aware of the fault lines between saying you do theory and method and actually engaging in the process of theory and method. So um, I think in our in my work and in the rest of the work, we've found that I, a lot of the people we're talking to are, are, are graduate students, early career scholars. And um, what better way to include those voices in the conversation than to have to actively you know, solicit and to encourage graduate students to be part of the, the program. So that was very conscious. And I think, I don't think, I know that we'll, definitely do the same thing next year with, with, with the program. And, uh, I mean, the grad students, early career scholars were as engaged, if not more so than the, uh, than the old farts in the room, like, uh, like, like myself. So yeah, I was, I was really, really impressed. I've said this before and Brad, you've probably heard me say this, the panel you were involved in two years ago at Baltimore on, um, a graduate student panel that uh, Craig Martin responded to, Mike Graziano, uh, Tara Baldrick Moroni, yourself, right? If I remember correctly, mm-hmm. that uh, on on um, on teaching world religions courses, uh, all FSU students are very uh, former student, in your case, right, graduate, who were then very involved in teaching these courses, but also interested in not just reproducing an old world religions model, right? So a panel on that, and uh, I've remarked that I looked around and I was the oldest person in the room, maybe apart from one other person. I think, for all I know, Greg Alice was there, your colleague now but there was somebody else in the room. And that was a pretty profound indicator to me that, that everybody in this room is a grad student. And, and it was a filled room. There's probably about 40 or 50 people there at that time. Um, and that, I guess, got me thinking, maybe it wasn't just causally that, but um, that I'm now older than the professors who taught me were when they were teaching me. Uh, which gets me thinking that when I wrote Manufacturing Religion, it was my dissertation, then I revised it, and it became my first book, um, I was the age then of all those people in the room now. I was in my very early 30s, and all, a lot of those early career people we see now, I see now, are late 20s, early 30s. And I thought I knew how the field ought to work back then. And I don't you know, look back on that as youthful enthusiasm. Like I still agree with that, I think, myself then. I think I've changed or tweaked it. But, I mean, I thought I knew. And so why are these not the people who should be sitting on panels, or at least, you know, maybe not exclusively, but at least participating on panels now? Because they think they know, too. They're reading probably far more widely than, than any of the more senior professors, because as you move in your career, you're, look at me, you're, you're chairing a department, you're, you know, involved in committees at the AR, you're doing all kinds of other things, and you're not reading as widely as you used to. You know, I don't know if... All professors kind of admit that. So the people who are doing that are the people who are writing dissertations. Um, so any organization trying to exist for a moment to more than 30 more years would be stupid not to realize you need new members, but would also be uh, misguided not to realize that it's the new members, the younger members, who are, are, are actually at the edge of where that cutting is taking place. Yeah. What do you guys see as the future of Nasser? Where do you hope it goes? Well, that's, we've been talking about that for quite a while. About um, three decades now. Three decades. Yeah, <laughs> three decades. I, I don't think we've ever... Um, well, there's a number of possible futures. Uh, I think one possible future is to 
do what we did this year and, and, and keep on doing that, uh, which is, I think is exciting. There's, um, there are other, other, other potential options. Uh, I mean, I've always thought that why do we even meet with the AAR that we have so little in common? I'm not even worried about the logistics, just ideologically that we have so little in common with the AAR that it might be nice to, uh, try to fold, into us, all these other groups that are growing up within the AAR, like SORAD, Critical Theories and Discord, CTDR, I just know it by its acronym. Uh, it might be nice to have a theory and method conference uh, as opposed to just, as I like to say, you know, us being vultures feeding off the corpse of the AAR. Um, well, that's a pleasant image. Isn't it mm-hmm. a pleasant image? <laughs> that's, that's I say. I can, I can see a new logo for NASA. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah, a vulture, uh, and um, uh, you know that we also are re- really interested and invested in the publication aspect. Uh, you know, having a real NASA brand that is uh, uh, through MTSR. Key thinkers in the study of religion, the Bulletin, the Bulletin blog, uh, where Nasser members can can and should uh, uh, contribute. So that's that could, uh, they don't they're not mutually exclusive. I could see the publication uh, aspect moving forward as the meetings move forward. But it'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming years and how we how we how we grow. If in fact we want to grow, because there's always a danger that in growing we become so big that we then become a big tent, which I think Nasser became. Uh, about five or six years ago. So um, we want to grow, but at the same time, we want to grow in ways that aren't too, too, um, too, uh, too inclusive. Because so many people are members of the AAR, the SBL, and especially now that they meet back together again. Um, the response to Aaron's position is that it's difficult to imagine meeting somewhere else. Um, a small group of people would be able to do that, no doubt, either out of their own pocket or with travel funds. Uh, large numbers of people would not be able to do that. You know, in the past, uh, especially Luther, Luther Martin was very entrepreneurial, is very entrepreneurial. And uh, there'd be NASA regional events. You know, if somebody has a small conference they put on, they would have a NASA stamp because they were a NASA member. You know, so maybe that, you know, should start happening again. Um, but probably for the foreseeable future, we're you know probably having this new format meeting here at the AAR SBL meeting. But when you hear that you know results of a NASA session are being talked about, you know NEPR is good PR. Is that the old saying? Mm-hmm. Um, in other AAR and SBL sessions this year, we also had um, uh, uh, Sarah Rollins was one of the participants, uh, Rebecca Raphael, Jim Linville, a joint SBL NASA panel on this issue of the, you know, quote-unquote big tent uh, academically here, what's the implications of, of that in the SBL. So when you see events like that happening, you know, then you start to mull over, well, maybe we, it's important to be here because there's, there's at least a voice for a different way of studying religion, and especially back to earlier career people, there are other people who are dissatisfied with the way the study of religion takes shape uh, here in North America. Uh, but many of them probably can't imagine an alternative. You know, they this is the model they know. So, if if that's the case, then Nasser uh, has a, a a role to play by presenting at least, you know, back to the two different voices in Nasser, at least two different options for how you can be a scholar of religion but do your job in in a rather different kind of way when it comes to writing or or teaching. And also, we had a workshop this year. Got to mention that that went really well. I'm told. Um, early career scholars, again, similar to a workshop that we've had 
uh, in past years. Uh, Tara Baldrick Maroney was involved in them in past years, but uh, uh, Mike Graziano uh, organized this one. Uh, Martha Newman, uh, Miranda Simmons uh, talked at it, uh, Jack Llewellyn, uh, Stephen Ramey, I, I hope I'm not forgetting anyone else. Other faculty participated, broke into small groups. And uh, after a session of my own yesterday here at the AAR, I, I ran into one of the, the graduate students who went to it, and he loved it. You know, it's the first time that he's, he said he's ever given his CV, because they broke into small groups, a prof per small group. About 20 participants were there, I was told. First time he's had somebody who wasn't invested in him and his career, you know, as a supervisor or, or somebody on the job market themselves, you know, a, a hiring committee, um, read his cover letter and his CV and give him comments about this. So they did more than just that, but that turns out to have been really productive. So I assume we'd be crazy not to figure out a way of doing that again next year. Maybe the same theme, maybe a different theme. Um, but that, that uh, too, was pretty successful. So I, I was very pleased about that. Excellent. Well, I thank you guys for joining me with this, and I will see you next year in Texas. Thank you. Yeah. Yeehaw. Yeah. Thanks, Brad. Thanks very much for that, Brad. Wonderful um, to hear uh, from Nasser, from Russell and Aaron. And I know that we have um, Aaron coming back um, in a few weeks speaking with um, David McConaughey um, on sort of Islamic identities. It's it's uh, largely around his new book, um, which I saw advertised recently and immediately bought. Um, it's published through Equinox. Um, I can't remember the, the title. It's something like Islam and the Tyranny of Authenticity, but it's taking... That a, is the title. It is. Yes, well oh, done. Wow. <laughs> Boom. Um, yeah, taking a, a good uh, critical approach to uh, this idea of, you know, what what is... What is well, the Tony Blair statement about you know there's there's good Islam and bad Islam and 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 uh, ISIS uh, and Al Qaeda they're a perversion of the faith and that kind of thing. A, a misuse of religion as well you know the abuses of religion I've heard that many yeah. times um, yeah and uh, something we're particularly uh, a subject we're particularly glad to have on the the RSP we've struggled in the past to get good critical work on the study of Islam we've tried it numerous times so I'm glad that we finally managed to to get some uh, some of that on yeah and no doubt we'll we'll sort of muse on our uh, reticence in that area when the interview comes out um and also um we'll be uh, having a number of interviews from um uh, Nasser members over the coming uh, weeks and months yeah as as not just as a way of saying thank you but as a, we've now got this um more formalized relationship so it does facilitate and um, that kind of thing absolutely and and we've always um aimed to be a truly international uh, project so having that slightly firmer footing in the US is mm. is great, although it just reminds us that there's a lot of other continents to to go yet. Yeah, and um, that is something that this year we're we're going to be working on. We've got a, a proposal in the background that that we're working on for how to really internationalize um, the RSP because we we are well aware of our sort of anglophone um, shortcomings in that sense so but more on that later indeed um later as in next week um you'll be hearing from tommy coleman um speaking with claire white on the cognitive science of reincarnation beliefs so so come back for that one 
Uh, in our newly reincarnated religious studies project. It's good. It's good. good. The, the witty banter. Enough <laughs> of this gay banter. All that le- is left to be said, really, is the is the usual thanks to Basser and Nasser. Basser and Nasser. Or Banasser, as I'm now starting to call it. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to uh, check us out on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. You can find this podcast on iTunes. And if you do, please give us a rating. We'd greatly appreciate it. Please do use our Amazon co.uk.com and .ca links um, as they benefit the project a great deal and we do appreciate that but other than that Chris thanks for listening <laughs>